The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Terkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Terkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Hello and welcome to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. We are into week 12 of the CFL, the Ticats at 3-7 and seven after a tough loss to Montreal. Coach, great to see you. Great to see you, Luke. What's happening, man? Not much. We are we're rolling through here, past the uh, halfway point, and on into a, a pair of Toronto games. The, uh, of course, Montreal last-minute field goals. I know you and I both, uh, you as both player and coach, and I'm sure as a player, the last last-minute field goals, and you've seen them probably go both ways in your favor. They're they're incredibly exciting and. Describe uh, describe this one in Montreal as that uh, last kick sailed through. I mean, uh, had to have been a a, a bitter bitter uh, uh, exit from the field there. Yeah, it's it was uh, disappointing and, and frustrating. You know, I thought uh, we battled in a hostile environment, and you know, it was uh, it was a hard fought game, and we definitely a game that um, that we that we could have won, and it didn't it didn't happen that way. So. Um, yeah, definitely disappointment. And uh, but you know, we we play Friday, and we're moving on. Yeah, absolutely. We will get to some fan questions here uh, shortly, or a fan question. And listeners, be sure that uh, you mail any questions you have into the email at gameday at ticats.ca. Each week, we'll pick a question for Coach to be asked, and yours might be on next week's show. Uh, the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is presented by Turkster Lumber. Check out the project coaches at Turkster Lumber. They can help with any part of your home reno, and you can learn more about that at TurksterLumber.com. Uh, Coach, let's start off with the, uh, I mean, it really was an incredibly exciting game. It was not uh, It was not a loss where, you know, uh, I think you, you probably early on in the season have a long laundry list of things that you want changed, but uh, this was a good football game. Any, any onlooker would have... Uh, consider this an exciting one to watch uh can you tell me about some of the things that that you're proud of with your team some of the things that they're doing much better now even though the 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 game didn't uh go in your favor well i think we're definitely responding to adversity a little bit better i think we're coming through uh in the clutch situations where you know they're time sensitive where we have to come through and, and make a play um, we definitely left a handful of plays out there that uh, would have helped us possibly solidify the game. Um, I'm proud of uh, just the way, and, and and I don't just mean the physical play. I mean the sideline energy. I mean the the no panic, the next play up, the way we've responded to key positions going down, not just leading into a game, but during the game, and, and those sorts of things where early in the year, um, you know, maybe we would have got stuck in a lull, like, oh, you know, those type of things. But kind of when you've been there and experienced things, sometimes experience is the best teacher. And, you know, also really proud of the people that, you know, are playing for the first time, stepping up and and not being too big for them. And Mm. not just playing, but contributing. Yeah. Um, That sideline energy that you mentioned, Montreal, in my opinion, is a tough it can be a tough place for that. It's it's a, a tight sideline, tight to the stands. Uh, you really feel like you're in enemy territory there. 
how does that get produced? What do you what do you attribute that to when you have a positive energy on the sidelines at an away stadium like that? Is it a leadership thing? Oftentimes, absolutely. But I, Luke, you've been here. I, I think it's something that we uh, we spend time on, and you can't reenact or even prepare. Um, you know, even th- even situations that happened before, or you can't really prepare for everything that's going to happen in the future. But, you know, like I said, what you can do is show examples of being behind in a game, coming back, uh, do- showing it with multiple different people doing it. Um, and you just show them, They're, you know, like there's power in visual sometimes. And then, you know, obviously hammering the message home, um, not just from the top, but in the subcultures as it goes throughout. So, and then of course, like I said, just to circle back to your original comment, leadership does play a role in that. You know, it, I know that there's there's probably many of uh, fires you put out and a lot of trash you picked up that I never knew about, and that's just simply because you're a, you were a leader. And I know that you, there was other people in the locker room that did that same thing. You know, I'm sure Filer did his fair share of stuff that, and I know I did it as a player. I know Mike O'Shea did it. And that's where those comments come from of having been there is that sometimes, you know, that's where I knew that leadership does matter, right? The coaches aren't aware of everything. And if you have leadership in, in all different forms, that doesn't mean rah, rah. That doesn't mean break it down. That could be a text message nobody knows about. That could be, a locker cleanup. It could be picking up somebody's towel. All of it matters, but it doesn't ever show up in a stat sheet or in any analytics or any articles written about it. Hmm. In Montreal, a couple of the, couple of the exciting storylines was the QB on both sides of the field. And it was a pretty good show down there. A lot of, a lot of productive pass plays, a lot of offense, Matt Schiltz, uh, what can you say about him? I mean, could you have asked much more from a, from a guy in his position uh, as to what he put on the field in Montreal? Sure, I'm a coach. I can always <laughs> ask for more. You can ask for it, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was super proud of Matt. He was, he was also aching. And uh, yeah. he's, just a, he's just a natural leader. That the, the moments weren't too big for him. He stood in there and took a couple right to the chops mm-hmm. and um, delivered the football. There's a couple of throws, of course, he'd, he's going to want back, and there were, there were some crucial ones there. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, he gave us an opportunity to win. You know, we took care of the football. Um, we did score some touchdowns, and, you know, we kept the sticks moving. And ultimately, when we needed the drive uh, to give us an opportunity to kick the field goal, we found a way to get it done. And, um, you know, I just think that uh, he's earned the respect. You know, I feel like and I mean the respect of his teammates and really the organization and respect isn't, you know, it's, it's something that you give, you know, it's not always something that you get, like you give respect just to give it. You don't expect anything in return. Um, and he just gives it his all. And I, I equate it a little bit to, you know, for everybody out there, I'd say when Dane was the backup, you never really heard about him. He, he, he just, he was just there, but he was, you could tell there was something about Dane. And he just came to practice and came to work. And Matt was kind of the same way. But now that he was thrust into the limelight, it wasn't too big. And he was able to absorb more, take on more, and not just playbook-wise and those, but just, you know, a little bit more vocal-wise. And you got to see a different side of him. Hmm. Obviously, the injury bug goes where the injury bug goes. But uh, do you suspect, has Matt Schultz earned his right to, to continue to see the field throughout the season? 
Yeah, I think we've, um, you know, established that, you know, we, we could play either one of these guys and win football games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, we've kind of did that the last two years here with, with Jeremiah and Dane. Um, I'm not suggesting that that's exactly what it's going to look like, but I don't think there's um, any doubt that both of them um, can contribute to wins uh, in the future for us. Coach, let's get to a fan question here. This one is from Robert. In 2019, statistically, the Ticats attempted more two-point conversions uh, much more frequently than these last two seasons. Is there a specific reason for that change? Sincerely, Robert. Thank you, Robert. No, that's that's a fair question. It's something that uh, we we definitely worked on a lot. We still work on uh, two-point conversions in practice. I would say that we found the end zone a few more times um, up to this point in 2019, and it was just kind of a um, – you just kind of knew we'd be back. So if you, you know, you basically needed to go one of two, uh, you know, if you get a two point conversion that you were still going to be at 14 to nothing or whatever the score may be. And I just think uh, in this year it was about, you know, getting the maximum bang for our buck. And that's when we're down there to go ahead and, and kick it. Uh, even though those aren't guaranteed either, they're not, you know, exactly chip shots anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's something that we'd like to get back to. And it's something we still practice um, it's just been less of an emphasis because of the way the, the season has kind of gone. Good question, Robert. Listeners, remember you can email any questions you have for Coach to gameday at ticats.ca, and next week we'll pick another question to ask Coach. Coach, you're back into the uh, into the Toronto series here. Um, <laughs> Montreal clinches second place, uh, not clinches, but establishes themselves in second place uh, moving forward at this point in the season at least, and now back to another back-to-back. Obviously, everyone has their opinion on the situation here, but but Hamilton and Toronto, four out of five games, uh, they'll end, have ended up seeing each other. Halfway through that matchup, what's your opinion now of this unusual uh, 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 back-to-back series with Toronto? Well, now it's with two already done. This is more, I look at this more as a Labor Day and the day after Labor Day. This has mm-hmm. been done before. And so that that's kind of my approach to it. Um, and, you know, four out of five, there's, you know, that that's a bigger picture, a bigger, um, you know, question or comment to to actually follow up on. But right now we've, we've done this before. We've played two in 14 or we've even played two in seven days before. And so that that's kind of how I'm viewing this. So I'm gonna just pretend the other two didn't happen, and we're just gonna we're just gonna move on and say we've done this portion before. Yeah, I think maybe you know, having not known anything three weeks ago as to how this would go, this probably is as best as it can can go for the CFL. I mean, just for the benefit of the league, meaning that Hamilton and Toronto split the series. First place is still available even to the third place team, which is the Ticats, you know, after the next two series. So it's, there's a lot of moving pieces and maybe, uh, maybe, uh, you know, for all the flack that the schedulers were getting, I think, I think that, I think we're experiencing a pretty exciting, uh, stretch of East games here. Um, you know, with Toronto, with Toronto, Montreal, Hamilton, and then even Ottawa still in the mix as we progress into the end of this second third. So never, never without excitement, uh, in the CFL, I'm sure, uh, uh, in your locker room is the, is that excitement felt? Is there a, is there a grind of this season? Sometimes the CFL I felt was a, uh, there's so 18 was such a long stretch that there can be a mid season, you know, 
drought there? Is there is there an energy and excitement still in the Ticat locker room? Yeah, and I, and you know, Luke, I don't spend a ton of time down there, right? I, my reflection usually is the meeting room, and of course, on the football field. And I kind of leave the locker room uh, to the locker room. But you can you're not going to have a choice. You know what our team meetings are like. Like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be a part of it, and then you know it's we're going to make sure that the energy is what it is. And, um, you know, that's just kind of how we do things. And, and that's probably not going to waver uh, as long as I'm in, in this chair. And, and I just think that, you know, you got to have a little bit of fun when you do this. Uh, let's not get it twisted. Winning is fun. That's fun. Um, but you got to take away the other things because it is a long season and it's lying on every, and you, you add two preseason games, you're at 20 weeks. You add three bye weeks, you're at 23 weeks. You add playoffs, and all of a sudden, it's a lot of football. And if you really think about, like, even some of the youth sport uh, players, and even for those that are playing 12, you know, maybe in the FBS, you know, across the border, you know, all of a sudden you're a sophomore, or from a sophomore to a junior, or a junior. Like, you're playing two seasons in one. Yeah. And there's that's not something that – you can't, there's no preparation for that. It just happens. You know, you can mentally prepare, you can prepare your body and, and do those sorts of things. But if you haven't gone through it and you've actually stay healthy for call it 23, 24 weeks, that's a grind. And so to actually think that you can just do football, I'm coming full circle here to your comment about the excitement. Um, If you don't initiate some of that or spark some of that, you know, and you just, it's just football for 25 weeks. I mean, shoot, I got a pretty good attention span, but not that kind. <laughs> yeah. You got to renew the mind uh, <laughs> every so often uh, throughout, yes. throughout that stretch, but really exciting stuff coming up for the Thai cats back to back against Toronto, starting this Friday night at seven 30 Toronto, tr- Toronto uh, will be home uh, hosting the Thai cats coach. Really, really excited for the upcoming matchup. All the best to your team as you guys uh, prepare for Toronto. Awesome. Thank you. We're looking forward to it. Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatiecats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.